born to die that he might give eternal life that I might live Welcome to Yankee Arnold Ministries. Dr. Arnold will be with you in just a moment, but first, we want you to know how much we appreciate your prayers and financial support. You may help this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Again, that's 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Feel free to send Dr. Arnold your questions or comments to yankee at yankeearnold.com, and he will respond as quickly as possible. Now, here is Dr. Arnold with today's message. Look now in Matthew 26. Matthew and chapter 26. Matthew chapter 26, and look there in verse 47. Verse 47. And it says there in verse 47, this is on page 1039 in an old Schofield reference Bible, the Bible that's in the, the pew there. So in verse 47 it says, While he yet spake, lo, Judas, one of the twelve, came and with him a great multitude, with swords and staves from the chief priests and elders of the people. Now he that betrayed him gave them a sign, saying, Whomsoever I shall kiss that same is he, hold him fast. Now, is that something? They're going to try to bind the hands of Jesus. Like, I'm going to tie God up. Jesus is God, and we're going to tie God up. Dumb. If you saw a man who was able to walk on water, cast out devils, feed 5,000, make the blind to see and the deaf to hear, raise the dead. If you saw somebody do all that, would you want to mess with them? But nobody said Judas was smart. But this is what was happening. And he was there. He made a deal. He made a deal with the devil. And there was a price to pay. So even down here in verse 50, he says, And Jesus said unto him, Friend, wherefore art thou come? Then came they and laid hands on Jesus, and they took him, as though they were able to take him with their own power. Do you realize what he could have done to them? Do you realize if that had been me, what I would have done? <laughs> if I saw them coming, I'd have said, I devil dog dare you. I'd have spit in their eye, I'd have, I'd have slapped their jaws, I'd have gave them a Hawaiian punch. I'd have sent him back into another century. And then I would have, okay, now you can take me. But then that's why I'm not the Lord. Jesus Christ was God, and he knew everything that was going to happen before it takes place. Now, turn in your Bible to chapter 27, Matthew chapter 27. Matthew chapter 27, and look in verse 3. In verse 3, and it says, Then Judas which had betrayed him, when he saw that he was condemned, repented himself, brought again the thirty pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders, saying, I have sinned, and that I have betrayed the innocent blood. 
And they said, what is that to us? See thou to that. In other words, they didn't care. And he cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed and went and hanged himself. Now this is what Judas did. He knew what he had done was wrong. It doesn't say that he ever trusted the Lord. He grieved because of what he had done. He threw the money back. And then he went and hanged himself. And so it says they took this money and they bought a field. And it was known even to that day. Now, John chapter 6. The Gospel of John and chapter 6. The Bible says that all that the Father giveth to Christ shall come to him. You see, when we trust Christ as our Savior, we are born of God. God becomes our Father. He fathered us. We are born into His family, born from above. And the Bible tells us that God is going to take all of those who accept that payment that was made for them, born of God, and He's going to give us to the Son. So we are the inheritance for the Son in the book of Psalms chapter 2. So we become his inheritance. This is what he gets. He gets us. And he says, all that the Father giveth to me shall come to me. And he that cometh to me I will in no wise ever cast out. Look what he says there in verse 36. But I said unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. So there were people that have been there, they saw him, they walk with him, they talk with him, and still did not believe. Because he's God, he knows who believes and who does not believe. We can fool each other, but we cannot fool God. You can be here this morning, sitting in a Christian church, doing the Christian thing, and still not be saved. That doesn't mean you're going to heaven just because, you know, you read the Bible and you pray and you mean well, you're sincere. If you have not personally accepted Jesus Christ as your only hope of going to heaven, you don't go to heaven. You don't go. You must accept him. You must believe that when he died, he paid for your sins. You see, the reason I don't have to pay for my sins is because I believe he did it for me. So I don't have one sin to pay for. He paid for all of them. From the time I'm born to the time that I die, he died for me. He paid for all of my sins. You don't have to pay for something twice. If Christ paid for all of my sins, there's none left for me to pay. I couldn't go to hell if I tried. I haven't tried. But I can't go to hell. Because my sins are all paid. You say, well, you don't deserve that. I know I don't deserve it. That's why God says, for by grace are you saved. Through faith. That not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. Not of works. And yet there's people trying to earn and work their way for something that God says you can't work for. So he makes a statement here in verse 37. All that the Father giveth me shall come to me. Him that cometh to me I will in no wise cast out. And look at what he says in verse 39. And this is the Father's will which hath sent me, that of all which he hath given me I should lose nothing. So God said, I'll never cast you out. I will never lose you. And then he says up here in verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath, present tense, right now, hath everlasting life. 
And so Christ says, I'll never cast you out. I will never lose you. So why, why is that so important? Well, because of what I'm going to show you. This is all the foundational stuff that you need to see because I want you to understand and believe what God is saying here is so important. Now look there in chapter 6. You're right there in chapter 6. Now look up there in verse 64. Verse 64. In verse 64, this is on page 1124. But there are some of you that believe not. Well, how does he know? Well, he wouldn't if he wasn't God. But he's God, and he knows who believes him and who doesn't believe. But he says, some of you that believe not. Get this. For Jesus knew from the what? From the beginning. Who they were that believed not, and who should betray him. You ought to underline that. He knew from the beginning who does not believe and who's going to betray him. He already knows that. And he said, Therefore said I unto you, No man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. In other words, God says that he will save all those who come to him. And you can't come to him unless the Father draw you. Well, how does the Father draw you? Christ says, If I be lifted up, I will draw all men. So you see, he is lifted up. He makes a payment. And by that message of the gospel, the good news of what Christ did for us so that we can go to heaven, he's going to all the world and preach the gospel to every creature because God wants every person to hear the message because through that gospel message, that good news, God draws you. And here you are and you say, that makes sense to me. I realize I can't save myself and all I have to do is trust Christ as my Savior. I believe He did it for me. That message is the most powerful message in all the world. So He uses that message to draw us to Him. And when He draws us to Him and we hear it and understand it and believe it, then we are saved. And so that's why Jesus says, no man can come to the Father except the Father draw him. And then those that the Father has, God's going to give those to him. And he says, and I'll never cast you out, and I will never lose you. So it says in verse uh, 66, From that time many of the disciples went back and walked no more with him. Then said Jesus unto the twelve, Will you also go away? Then Simon Peter answered and said, Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of eternal life. And, get this, where it says, We believe, we believe and are sure that thou art that Christ, the Son of the living God. And Jesus answered them, not so fast, Charlie. Because Jesus asked the disciples, and Peter, who always speaks up, speaks for everybody. It says, we believe. And Jesus said, not so fast. He says in verse 70, have not I chosen you twelve? And one of you is a devil. He was a devil from the beginning. He was not of God. He did not believe. But you see, the Lord's word, sooner or later, if you read it and you study it, you'll find an answer to a question. The Bible teaches itself. The Bible explains itself. 
The Bible sheds an awful lot of light on all these commentaries that have been written. Look now in verse 71. He spake of Judas Iscariot, the son of Simon, for he it was that should betray him, being one of the twelve. Say, well, we finally got that settled. No, 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 not not yet. We're getting close, but it's not totally over yet. Because I believe there's something else that really explains it even more so. Look there in chapter 17 of the Gospel of John. The Gospel of John in chapter 17. I believe that this is truly the Lord's Prayer. Uh, We often hear about the Lord's Prayer. Our Father which art in heaven, hell be thy name. But Jesus never prayed that prayer. Uh, That was just a a model for us to know how to praise the Lord and ask God for day-by-day stuff and forgiving one another and things like that. Uh, It should contain those ingredients. But the one thing he said is that he despises vain repetition. In other words, just repeating a prayer over and over and over again. I remember for years when I went to bed, for years, I have no clue where I heard it. I know I didn't get it from my mom and dad, but I don't know where I got it. As I lay me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. If I should die before I wake, I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. John Ben shot a rooster, killed a hen, chicken died, and rooster cried, nature satisfied. Now, how many of y'all used to pray that prayer? Or part of it? Maybe not word for word. How I ever got that last part on that, I ain't got a clue. don't remember. But I had to be a little tight when I was doing it. But you can quote, you know, prayers and things like that but never understood. When I gave devotion for some of the high school football teams down in Miami, they would all get together and then huddle. And, uh, you know, before I'd speak, and sometimes they'd do it out in the field. And they'd all get together, and they'd recite the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven, and everybody's got their hands on all the football players. They did it. A lot of them did. And so I said, let me talk to you about something. All of you got together, and you bowed your head, and you said the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, which art in heaven. I said, did, did you know that it might be possible that he may not be your father? I said, he can't be your father unless you're born into his family. I said, let me show you something. And then I would do this little thing that you've never seen before. Let this hand represent you and me. And let the wallet represent sin. We all have sin on us. Now, God says that he loves us. Now, he doesn't like what we do wrong, but he loves us. And to pay for what we do wrong... Well, that's eternal separation from the Lord. Sin separates us from God. So since we all sin, we all die. And so sin causes us to be separated from our body. That's why we're all going to die one day. And so the question is, is where are you going to be then? What next? Then what? Well, God said that he loves us and wants us to go to heaven. And to go to heaven, we have to be perfect as righteous as God. And we're not. God says because of sin, we can't get in. So what Christ did was something that we could not do. You see, if, if I want to pay for my sins, I have to be eternally separated from God. And God says you can't earn eternal life. You can't work for it. And all your money in the world will never pay for one sin. You realize since you have been living, all of your good works will never take away one sin. Now what are you going to do? This hand represents Jesus Christ. He's the Lord. God in the flesh came into the world because he loves us. Hates our sin because it separates us from him. So Jesus Christ, who had no sin, didn't have to die. So he took all the sin of all the world, every person, on himself. And he died for the world. 
He died for everybody's sin. But he's the one that knows who believes it and who does not believe. So he knows right now at this moment, everyone in this room, if you believe he did it for you or if you don't believe it. Those who believe it, this payment is put to your account. You get to go to heaven. If you don't believe he did it for you, then you don't get to go to heaven. Now, wouldn't it be a shame for you not to go to heaven when it doesn't cost you anything? There's no gimmicks to it. There's no tricks to it. And all you had to do is believe it. Believe he did it for you. He died to pay for your sins. So this is what Christ did. I've explained that to a lot of the football teams. And I remember one time I gave it for the Denver Broncos and we had the Baltimore Colts down in Florida. One time we went to one of the little devotions for them. Mel's Carbonell was one of the key individuals back then. But this is a powerful message. But some people will believe it and some people will not believe it. So here in John chapter 17, he said, These words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also may glorify thee. As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. See, when you trust Christ as your Savior, then God gives you to the Son and he gives him eternal life. And he said, I'll never cast you out and never lose you. And verse 3, and this is life eternal, that they may know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Jesus Christ and God is God. That's why when you have Christ, you have God. And you have the true and living God. He has the Son, it's Jesus Christ. Allah is not God. Allah doesn't have a Son. So we're not talking about the same kind of a God. Don't make a mistake. The Koran is not a holy book. It is a war manual. He said, don't you have respect for other people's religion? No. I don't want you to misunderstand me. No. If God doesn't have respect for it, why should I? He said, this is the truth. This is what you believe. And no man comes unto the Father except through Him. There is none other name under heaven given among men. This is the only way. And he says in verse 4, I have glorified thee on the earth. I have finished the work thou gavest me to do. James just sung that song. Paid in full. I've done the work you gave me to do. And then in verse 6 he says, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest me out of the world. Now, I believe he's talking about his disciples, and I'll show you why. He said, I have manifested thy name unto the men which thou gavest them. Thine they were, and thou gavest them me, and they have kept thy word. Now they have known that all things whatsoever thou hast given me are of thee. I have given unto them the words which thou gavest me, and they have received them, and have known surely that I came out from thee. And get this, you ought to underline it. They have believed that thou didst send me. They believe it. I pray for them. I pray not for the world, but for them which thou hast given me, for they are thine, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine, and I am glorified in thee. Now look in verse 11. Now I am no more in this world, but these are in the world. I am come to thee, Holy Father. Keep through thine own name those whom thou hast given me. Those three words you ought to underline. Thou hast given me, hath given me. 
Those that believe. You see, that goes all the way back to John chapter 6. And then he says here, Whom thou hast given me, that they may be one as we are. Now look in verse 12. While I was with them in the world, I kept them in thy name. Those that thou gavest me, I have kept, and none of them is lost. Those you gave me. Because remember, you go back to John chapter 6. Never cast you out, never lose you. Who? Those that thou hast given to me. And I give unto them eternal life. They shall never perish. But lotus, I have kept, and none of them is lost, but the son of perdition, that the scripture might be fulfilled. There was only one out of the twelve that did not believe. I believe that's Judas Iscariot. I believe when you put all the scriptures together, it goes through and it keeps on until it finally, it answers the question. So go back there to the book of Acts in chapter 1. In verse 24 of Acts chapter 1, And they prayed, and says, Thou Lord, which knoweth the hearts of all men, show whether are these two thou hast chosen, that he may take part of this ministry and apostleship from which Judas by transgression fell, that he might go to his own place. Now, I don't believe that's the same place that you and I are going to go because we've trusted Christ as our Savior. But he noticed Judas had every opportunity. He saw the Lord. He walked with the Lord. He talked with the Lord. He was able even to produce miracles and so forth. And remember, there's a scripture that says, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name, cast out devils, and done many wonderful works? And he says, Depart from me, I never knew you. It means they never believed. So, is it possible for people today to be very, very religious? And go to church and do all these right things and hear all the right stuff and never themselves, ever personally, ever trust Christ as their Savior? I believe that it's possible. I believe a lot of people have. For example, we had a service just Thursday night. And as I gave the gospel, and then I gave an invitation, I could sense the Lord working. And it's a strange thing because you can't always explain it. But when you see a lot of people believe in it, so I, I believe that. See, raising your hand will not save you. I've never told anybody, raise your hand and it'll save you. Walking an aisle will not save you. Praying through and hanging on, letting go and letting God ain't going to save you. The only thing that saves you is you in your own heart believing that what Christ did was for you. And you trusting Him. Now the Lord, He didn't even have to ask for a raise of hands. Why? Because He's the Lord. He knows who believes without asking. I don't have that ability. So what I do is I ask. For example, if you're here this morning and let's say while I'm talking, you're sitting there and you're saying, you know, that made sense to me. 
I'm going to trust Christ as my Savior. I believe he died and paid for my sins. Because see, you don't have to pay for something twice. So if you believe he did it for you, he puts the payment to your account. He gives you eternal life, and you get to go to heaven whenever you die. So you may sit here and trust Christ as your Savior. And I'll never know it. Why do you think I've done all this talking? Because I want you to trust the Lord. Well, wouldn't it be gratifying to know if somebody does? So whenever I ask people to bow their heads and close their eyes so that nobody's embarrassed, when I ask a person to raise their hand, it's not for you to be saved. It's because I believe that you believe it. And you're trusting Christ as your Savior. And I just want to know. Is it wrong for me to want to know? I have been preaching for it for 45 minutes. It's like dangling a, a T-bone steak in front of a Rottweiler. Do you want it? Do you want it? Do you want it? Well, buddy, if he takes it, you'll know it. And I believe if you take it, I want, I want to know why. Because that's why I do it. It brings great joy. And I'd like to have prayer for you. And I'd like to welcome you into the family of God. Because, see, when I trusted Christ as my Savior, I became God's child. Well, if you trust Christ as your Savior, then you become God's child. So both of us are God's children. Hey, welcome to the family. The family of God. Ain't no better family than that. And one day we're going to all die here, and we're going to go to heaven, and we're going to have a big reunion up there. I'm kind of looking forward to that. So very quickly. You and me, sin, Christ, no sin. Loves us, hates sin. Took it, paid for it. Came back from the dead. You believe it, you get to go to heaven. Not because of anything you've done, but because of what he did for you. Will you believe it? Let's pray, shall we? Every head bowed and every eye closed. As we went through some of these scriptures, you saw where it says, some believed, some believed not. You may be here this morning and some believe and some believe not. God does not make you believe it. See, he already knows. I don't. I'm just a man. I can't save you. This church can't save you. All the money in the world can't save you. But if you will trust Jesus Christ right now as your Savior, God said he would save you and give you eternal life. Friend, I pray that you will. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, and no one looking around, I'm going to ask you in just a moment to raise your hand. Raising your hand does not save you. It just lets me know that you believe he did it for you. And it's your way of saying, Preacher, I believe it. I'm trusting Christ as my Savior, and I want you to know. Would you just slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Yes, God bless you, sir. God bless you, ma'am. God bless you, ma'am. Anyone else? Very quickly, just slip it up. God bless you. God bless you in the back. I see your hand. You can put it down. God bless you, ma'am. You see, it's a sign of good judgment. There's no tricks to it. I'm not going to have you stand ever come forward. I'm not going to embarrass you in any way. Anyone else before we close? Say, preacher, that made sense to me, and I want to trust Christ as my Savior. I want to be certain of going to heaven. Anyone else? Our Father, we thank you so much for all you've done for us. We're thankful for the opportunity to share the gospel with others. There's so many people that's never heard. And I just thank you, Lord, for those who indicated this morning by an uplifted hand that 
by faith they trust Christ as their Savior. And by doing so, Lord, we know according to your word, they become your child, your child forever. That you'll never cast them out and never lose them. We ask your blessings, Lord, upon each family here and all the hard work of all those that brought the food so that we could have a good time of fellowship. We ask your blessings upon the food and to use it for the nourishment of our bodies. And we thank you, Father, for those that are visiting with us today and pray your special blessing upon them. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. Do you have to be baptized in water to be saved and go to heaven? Would that make the person who baptized you your Savior? There are at least five baptisms in the Bible. Which one gets you to heaven? Pastor Yankee Arnold has prepared just the right book with answers straight from the Bible. The book is called Gospel Driven Man, and Pastor Yankee wants to send it to you free of charge. Simply write to Pastor Yankee at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634, and request the book, or request by email at yankee at yankeearnold.com. That's yankee at yankeearnold.com. Thanks for listening to today's broadcast. We pray that today's message was a blessing to you and your family. You may help support this radio ministry by donating online at yankeearnold.com or by mail at Yankee Arnold Ministries, 7028 West Waters Avenue, Suite 316, Tampa, Florida, 33634. Friend, one day it will happen. The trumpet will sound, and we will be changed, caught up to meet the Lord in the air. So live today and every day, believing that the Lord is coming soon, and just keep looking up. Amazing grace amazes me